listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. Here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. My guest on today's show has written and self-published a children's book called Dublin and Friends. Nina Ratcliffe has another children's story in production, and there's a further book on an equine theme penciled in for later this year. She also has the book A New Home available on Amazon in Kindle format. Nina has used some excellent marketing techniques to sell her print books to a local audience, as well as some very innovative Facebook strategies to build that local audience up. Welcome to the podcast, Nina. Thank you very much for having me, Paul. So first question, let's start right at the beginning. How did you get into writing in the first place? Have you, is it one of these things you've been doing for years? Uh, no, actually. Um, I spent quite a lot of years working in care, so I had to do lots of legal documentation, and I had to be quite specific in what I wrote there. And so when I became pregnant, I was um, very big towards the end of my trimester and <laughs> couldn't very move very far. So I started writing stories. Mainly there were memories of my own horse, Dublin, and his friends and um, memories of what they got up to because they were so funny together. So you come from a horsey background, I do. I yeah, I did have a horse. Um, he, uh, he had two chums. He had two Shetland friends and... Um, George and Lance, and they were so hilariously funny together. But Dublin had a very, very tragic backstory. Um, he was, I wouldn't say abused, but he was a, a very intelligent horse that was in a a, a very bad situation, <clears throat> and he became aggressive. Um, <laughs> barely people could get near him. But then when I brought him home, he just turned, and he was an absolute gentleman. And basically, I wanted to give him all the credit he deserved. So I made a book about him. (laughs) (laughs) And how difficult did you find that process then? If you if you haven't been writing creatively for years, it sounds like you were writing in in quite a meticulous and restrictive way. It was the opposite of creative almost. Yeah, it was to begin with. Yeah, I just wrote down a, a couple of memories and then I decided to try and make see if I could make them into a story. And I had, that was how I created a new home, because basically I I tried to recreate uh, how I got him and his reactions to being in a new place, his reactions to meeting George and meeting Lance. And basically it was all new to him to have a family. And so I tried to make that into a a story. And um, I didn't know what to do at that point. I didn't know how to get feedback. So I I sent it off to a a publishing company in London just to get feedback, really, just to see if it was any good. And they ended up offering me a contract. So I guess it was. (laughs) They offered me a a contract, but it was a contribution contract. And I didn't know at the time that you had uh, other publishers that wouldn't charge you for publishing. So I went ahead and... um, they published it for me and they provided the illustrations and everything and it, it turned out absolutely perfectly. But their marketing strategies are somewhat different to my own and no one hardly ever knows about that one because their marketing barely reaches anyone. Whereas I, I paid out quite a lot for that, so I feel a little bit cheated. 
So this is why I self-published my next one. So I've done a lot better. <laughs> so it sounds like a bit of a hybrid then. So effectively you were paying for the production yes. of the book. Yeah. Yes. But they, they had a, a marketing part in the contract. But in, in my eyes, they didn't really fulfill it because nobody knew about it. I had to do quite a lot of it myself. I, d- I went to schools and I went to, um, I had interviews and stuff, but I had to set it all up myself. Um, which was good in a way, because when I did self-publish, they kind of knew me already locally um, because of the marketing I'd done myself for the ebook. So do you have the rights for that book still? Oh, yes, Could yes. you, for instance... Oh, right, so you could actually... You could self-publish it as a... Because it's Kindle-only, I think, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but what I did with uh, Dublin and Friends, the first story in that is like a twisted adaption of the one that I published through the ebook. So it's the same story with a few twists. I, I changed it so that it's a different story, but it still matches the rest of them in the book, in Dublin and Friends. So when you write, how do you do that? Are you pen and paper, computer? How do you compose best? Pen and paper to begin with, because like I say, I just list all the memories that I can think of that were humorous. And then I built, I could see how many I could build into one story. Like, for example, I had... <laughs> I had a, a memory of uh, Dublin getting stuck inside a sheep shelter. I know. And um, I had to literally dismantle the sheep shelter to get him out. But it was quite hilarious because he was he was really proper stuck in it. He was a big arse in, in a very, very tiny sheep shelter. And all you could see was literally his bottom and his nose out of the window. Yeah. That was all you could see. And he was screaming and screaming and screaming for help. And I was thinking, oh, God, how am I going to get him out? <laughs> Um, so I literally just wrote that down and there is a story coming out in the next couple of, of weeks of him trapped in a stoop shot <laughs> <laughs> and how I got him out. You're almost in it shouldn't happen to a vet territory by the well, sound of it. <laughs> the scrapes you got into were unbelievable. But there's also, the- there's one that's incredibly important to me that I must mention. When I was pregnant, there was a new horse in a field and it was going to uh, kick me and um, he stood in front of me and took the kick now that was very important for me because one he saved my baby and um, two it showed how much trust that he'd found for me over the years because he had nothing no trust for anybody when I first got him and so for me that was a massive achievement for him to actually stand in front and take a kick that's a very compelling story, isn't um, it, for fiction? Exactly. So I had to put that in as well. So there is a story of him protecting me as well. So I had to put that in because that was a huge moment for me. I know you feel that you didn't have a, a fabulous experience with the first book. But having said that, did it give you the confidence to know that you could do this and move on from that? Oh, yeah, because they'd already told me that I had potential because they were trying to take uh, they offered me a contract for Dublin and Friends as well, but I didn't take it because I couldn't afford the uh, the pricing that they were offering. They wanted to publish Dublin and Friends for me in hardback and ebook for £2,500. And I couldn't afford that, so I was like, no. And then I know that I can do that myself for less. And also with Dublin being a bit precious to me, I kind of wanted it just to be my own. So it's, it, it's interesting that you've got the contrasting experiences, because one of the things that struck me when I was researching the interview is and i've got to commend you on this i think your local marketing is excellent and you've done some brilliant things which i'm going to tease out of you during the interview (laughs) but but i often think that um uh, a lot of 
people when they produce a book for the first time almost think it's going to sell itself you put it out there and it's going to sell itself yeah. did, did you have that expectation or did you know you were going to have to work on the first book to to get it out there no I, I knew I had to work on it because the, the lack of support I had from the um, traditional publishers kind of showed me that I would have to step up if I was to publish my own um, but if anything it helped a lot that the first one was such a disaster because like I say, I tried to um, uh, promote myself locally anyway with the ebook. So when I did self-publish, they were all like, oh, yeah, we'll invite you back to the school and you can have another go. And now that you've got actually something to show, because promoting an ebook in schools is really hard. You've mm. got nothing to, like, for them to look at. All I could do was put it on a big screen and flick through the illustrations briefly. And they were that small, they could barely see them anyway. So to actually go back and be invited back with an actual book to show was was brilliant. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we remember you. It was good. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> so so second time around, you made sure you've got a physical book to hold. You, that, you really need it, I think, for these books, yes. don't you? Yeah. The other thing I found really um, easy to do was uh, the, the local schools, like the school that my son is at, um, they let me have a go at doing a, a workshop a couple of weeks ago where I actually went in and taught the, the children how to uh, build a story structure using descriptions and, and stuff like that. And um, that has done wonders because now I've got offers from all over asking me to go, which is, which is wonderful. I, th- I think that's fabulous. Let's talk about your marketing because I think you're doing some really interesting things that people listening to this i think it will spark a lot of ideas one of the things i was really interested to see that you've done um presumably through the summer is attending things like jim carners around the county what a great idea that is for horse books has that gone well for you yeah incredibly well i mean i was invited to um well i i asked because brocklesby show was um at the end of june and i had the idea at the beginning of june and i was like oh gosh they're not going to have room for me so I, I just happened to ring up on the off chance and say, look, I'm really, really small. I don't take a lot of room. <laughs> Would I be able to fit inside the craft tent? And they're like, oh, yes, we've, we've actually someone's cancelled. So I was like, oh, great. That was a big stroke of luck going in there. And that was my first event. And I met loads of, of lovely, chatty people. And they were all really enthusiastic about the book. And then while I was there, I had about five people introduce themselves and say, um, we like the look of what you're doing. Do you want to come to this show or do you want to come to Arjun Khanna or do you want to come here or to come there? And so through the, throughout the summer, I had um, Brocklesby Show, Rugby Show, East Holton Jim Khanna and uh, Bransby Rescue Welfare Horses. They had like a charity thing going on and I attended all of them and I've sold out at every single one. So it was incredible stroke of luck, really. I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant what you're doing. And it's such a natural affinity between your book and that audience. Yeah. Well, the, the, I bet they love it. The kids I've met have been fantastic as well. I was like, oh, you're bringing out another one. Are you the actual lot? Did you actually write that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you physically manage it, Nina? When, when you're there, what do you actually do? Do you have a table with books on? Do you have any publicity? What, what, what does it look like when we come and see you at a gym car? Well, my first one, I, because I'd only had a couple of weeks to prepare, was quite feeble. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest with you, I had like, um, I had the front cover laminated of the book because I had it when I, when the, instru- excuse me, when the illustrator finished it, it was an A3 picture. So it was quite big. So I had that laminated to protect it. And I had that on like a, an easel behind me. 
so that people could see the title and what it was. And then I had the pricing and the fact that I was the author on the front. And I had, like I say, I was lucky enough to sell out at that one. But you were surrounded by people with giant banners and, you know, (laughs) business cards. And I literally had nothing. And then (laughs) because I was lucky enough to make quite a bit of, of money during that show, I was able to invest in a big banner. So now I've got a logo. I had a logo made by a friend of mine in America. And it just literally is my name, but with very, very picturesque writing all over it. And um, just the fact that I'm a children's author, come and meet me, come and chat. And I have that up either behind me or in front of the table. And then I have certain um, pages open of the illustrations that are inside my book. I have a few of them open. I've got like three of them sat around me so people can see what's inside. And I've got a copy at the front so that they can flick through if they like. And I've got pamphlets or um, business things, if you like, on the front where it's got my name, Facebook page, Twitter page, that kind of thing. And then they just all come and take and have a look and chat and just just like that, really. I think that's brilliant. That's, that's a really excellent example of local marketing and a local author getting out there. And I bet one thing constantly leads to another, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been very, very fortunate. I've had a couple of um, events in the winter as well because I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a real quiet patch in between, you know, summer and the next summer. I'm going to have, like, no interest whatsoever. But then I had a Christmas uh, fair at Bransby that I was invited to. And since then, I've also been contacted by a company that uh, employs you to go around schools. Oh, lovely. That's that's a coup, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't actually finalised everything yet because I was kind of, I don't know what to charge. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was I'm just at the moment in negotiation process with those, but that's going to be quite exciting. Wow, congratulations on that because that's, that's just going to constantly expose the book to the right audience. I think that's, I just think that's wonderful. It's so often so hard to find the audience. You've really tapped it, I think, there. Yeah, the horses is a good um, subject in the country. There's a, a lot of horsey people around here. I also love what you're doing on Facebook. I just want to pick up a couple of things that I've seen you doing on Facebook. Um, I, I, you've, you've got a giveaway there for um, you had some slides, some stills from the book. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was just an excellent idea with a, an illustrated book to give away the images as part of a giveaway. I love the way you do the giveaway. I think um, you've, you do the draws on a video so that people can actually see the names going into a hat or a bowl. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's homemade, but it's wonderful um, because it's, it's the beauty of social media in that it brings your personality and your brand to your audience. I, I think it's, um, I think it's excellent. It really works well, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've had a really good response. I've got quite a large audience now as well on Facebook and, um, I did a, a post the other day, for example, that was absolutely no book relation or no horsey relation at all. I just simply wished everyone a happy Mother's Day and and thought about the ones that might be finding it difficult, you know, like the ones that had lost their mothers or had a, a poorly child or something like that. And I've had nearly 60 likes and quite a, a lot of comments on that post alone. Um, so I have got quite a, a good audience, quite proud of my audience. Well, I, I think why it works so well is that um, rather than you just posting messages out into the ether, you've really got some reaction and some conversation going with your audience. And I think that's 
really when social media works best, which is why I wanted to pick up the giveaways. Yeah. I, I think I think you're really resonating with the audience, which is which is fantastic. I, I think the other idea that I saw that you'd done, which I think is a great idea for an author with illustrated books, is you're you're selling illustrated prints, which is a great wheeze. How, how did that come about? And is that in collaboration with the artist? Uh, yeah, yeah. She um, we when we first uh, started talking about it I'd, I'd never met her before but i'd seen some uh, portraits that she'd done of horses you know the head portraits from photographs and they were absolutely brilliant so i got into contact with her i had no idea where she was or anything and i was like would you like the idea of being um, an illustrator and it turns out that she lived just around the corner <laughs> oh wow and um so we got together quite a lot and became really good friends and um we discussed like the fees of the illustrations and everything beforehand and then um, when they were all finished, they were in, like, A4 size. So I said to her, when it's all published, would you be all right with me, you know, making prints? And, you know, would you be okay with that? And she was like, oh, absolutely, because it gets her name out there as well. And she's had quite a lot of work because of the illustrations. So with her name being on them it's uh, and people buying the prints, it's, it's been a good market for both of us. It's going very well. Can I, I don't expect you to give fees and all of that, but can I just explore the relationship between you and the artist a little bit? Because yeah. I know when you were talking about getting the book published before, cl- clearly none of us have got money to burn on these books. We always have to balance that, you know, I need to get a decent product out there with the cost of it yeah. too. So with, when it came to the illustrations, did you pay a one-off or, or have, are you going 50-50? How's that working? No, we agreed that um, because we couldn't guarantee how well the book was going to do, I didn't think it was fair on her to say, I'll give you a cut of the royalties because I didn't know how much I was going to get. And her illustrations were that good that I didn't want to like cut her short. I didn't think that was fair. So we agreed to um, pay a set fee for each. I think it was £10 per illustration. And... Um, we made the mistake of leaving it until right at the end. So when it, when she'd finished, I had to pay her like £370, which was fine. And I managed it, but I had to do it in stages. So this time, I've got a new illustrator this time because um, Nikki was uh, too busy because she's just taken over a livery yard. She was too busy to do the uh, illustrations for me this time. So I've learned my lesson this time, and this illustrator has been happy for me to pay her her story like there's five illustrations in a story so i've given her 40 pound every time they're ready so i've got a gap in the middle <laughs> to make something back um so i can pay it it's worked out a lot better this time to what extent do you feel like a bit of a businesswoman now that you're writing books because it, it sounds like you've got a bit of a business going here well i'm certainly learning as i'm going let's just put it that way <laughs> One thing I meant to ask you actually about the Gymkhanas, i just come back to that. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you have um, one of these electronic payment devices or are you just taking cash at the Gymkhanas? I just take cash because it's, um, I do a discount there anyway because my book is, is uh, on Amazon for £7. But um, it was easier for me to charge 5 <laughs> at these events because people give you £20 notes and stuff. And it's like, how do I change £20 notes if it's £7? So I, I took it down to 5 and um, with it being such a discount, everyone was like, oh, I'll take two. I'll, I'll, you know, oh, I've got someone else that will like that. I'll have three. And, you know, it, it, it just kind of worked out better that way. So I did a kind of discount. And I, I continue to do that as well because it's easier and better for your marketing, I think, to try and, and bring it down when you're actually meeting someone. 
it's nice to say, oh, you're having it at a whatever percent discount. Makes people come back again. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, that's always, it's always a good selling point, isn't it? Yeah. One of the um, things that you had with the first book, the very first book, is that you probably just handed that over, I'm guessing, yes. to the publisher. Yeah. Whereas with the second book, you, you were more in charge and control. Can you tell me how you actually went through self-publishing that second book? Did you do it through CreateSpace or Lulu? Which, which method did you use? Um, CreateSpace was uh, hard because with it being an uh, American well, it's, it's not all American, but with it being a, a mainly American create space, I wasn't going to get much of an audience. So I chose to use Ingram Spark, um, which is a, a distributor as well as a, um, they print on demand as well. And so you can upload your eBooks through them. And also I used um, Amazon Kindle. They were very good. They were very easy, actually. Um, and uh, they also do a, an error check, which I found really good. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Before you uh, upload, they do an error check, which is um, very helpful because I did actually miss four errors. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> that was close. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and they were good. And I also used Smashwords because I found Smashwords very easy um, because I'd never uploaded a book before. And um, if you got stuck, there was a help bar, which told you exactly how to fix the issue that you're having and if you couldn't find the issue you just like sent them a, a virtual message and they got back to you within 12 hours so it was a lot easier there um but the, there are others that i'm considering this time like kobo um that's another good one and uh what was the other one i did write them down draft to digital yes yeah mm. that's the one well, I'm going to explore these a little bit more because I'll just I'll declare my hand here because I do mine through Kindle, Draft to Digital, yep. and Create Space. Yep. And uh, I've also listed up this very day I've been uploading books to Ingram Spark. Okay. But Ingram Spark is actually much harder than uh, Create Space. So I, I just want to explore your experience on some of these outlets a little more, if I may. Okay. First of all, with Ingram Spark, you have to get your own isbn number so yeah. you must have engaged with nielsen and been through that process yeah I, I was but i did have um a bit of help actually there was a friend of mine um who lives down south in uh, sussex and he had experience through self-publishing so he actually did the isbn bit for me i must confess because um, he said for a first time person to actually have a look and, and do it he said you could end up paying for an isbn or a lot more for an isbn than someone with experience would because you know where to look you know where to go so he um he did that part for me and um he got me an isbn and um <clears throat> my intention for when i do self-publish my next one i'm going to get my own isbn through create space um so i'm afraid i can't help you very much um with the isbn part for my my very first one because i, I had a bit of help <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Well, um, I'll, I'll pass on the knowledge that I've got. In that they, they cost 75 quid for one, or you're better just getting a job lot of 10, yes. which costs just over £100. And it never buy a single one, and, you know, unless you expect to be a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Um, it's best buying 10. It works out a lot cheaper. Well, um, I'd, I'd have certainly bought more if I'd have known that my book was going to do so well. With being a first-time author, I had no idea how well it was going to do, so I wasn't willing to pay out more for something that probably wasn't going to take off, if you know what I mean. Um, so... I was a bit cautious, a bit overly cautious with that one, I think, and made a bad decision there. But um, a good point for other authors, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, well, 
Yeah, well, it's a no-brainer, real, isn't it? You know, 75 quid for one, or, or I just bought 10, which is uh, quite handy. I think I will use those up, actually. Well, I'm sure if he'd have I... told me the, the costs of it, he was like, do you want one or 10? And I was like, um, <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite and it's quite a manual process too. Um, it really surprised me because I expected it to be something like an electronic checkout, and then somebody would email me my ISBN numbers. But no, you get a manual email back, and they're listed on an Excel spreadsheet, which is remarkable in this day and age. Yeah. I thought a bit complicated for me, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's not what you expect. I think these days. I looked at it and um, thought, oh. <laughs> But the process with Ingram Spark, I think, is more complicated. So I, I actually think that if you've been through the Ingram Spark process, the interface of Ingram Spark, I would say, is much more complicated than Create Space. But you, you got on okay with it. You had no problems. Yeah, well, they were they were very good actually um, with me. They were very patient because if I never, if I had any query, I just rang them and said, "Oh, hello, I'm having trouble at, the, at this stage," and they were they're good enough to send an email with a step by step, you know, instructions for me to get past that point. And uh, to be fair, it was only when I got to the front cover bit that I had an issue because the, um, the data bit was, was fairly easy for me. I don't know why. I just kind of adapted to it fairly quickly. Um, but when it came to the front cover, I didn't know what size was best. I didn't know um, if it was going to make the text at the back all squidgy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, please help. So they sent me some um, example covers from um, books that they'd they obviously got permission from the author to show me, but they they gave examples of sizes and stuff. And I tried three before I settled on the one I've got now. And um, they just made it quite a lot easier for me because they were like, all oh, right, well, just do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> they were very kind to me. <laughs> now, the great advantage of Ingram Spark is you get what they call expanded distribution, which yes. means it goes to gardeners and all yes. the, the outlets that you need to go into bookshops. So how, how does that work for you? Um to, to be honest with you, it's it's been difficult because when my book went through to Bertrams and Garner, Gardeners, um, they had a no-return policy on it, which meant that if it didn't sell, they couldn't return any stock. So most bookstores book were reluctant to stock it because of that reason. So I decided to contact bookstores myself, and they order through me. I'm really pleased you mentioned that because one of the big shocks I got when I used Ingram Spark, because uh, probably like you, I wanted to get my, the reason I went to Ingram Spark is I wanted my books for, for vanity reasons, really, to be in local bookshops. Yeah. I wanted, and I know that local bookshops, they, they don't like create space books. No. They prefer to go through the Ingram Spark. So I list mine on both. I list mine on create space to get them um, on digital platforms. Yes. And I list them on Ingram Spark uh, separately. Yeah. Uh, with expanded distribution to get them into well notionally to get them into bookshops but when it yeah. comes to pricing it says in ingram spark they want 55 percent discount yeah. on the price plus sale or return well you could lose the shirt off your back doing that couldn't you as a small author yeah that was another reason <laughs> <laughs> but um i found that out the hard way because i i just thought it was going to be well i suppose i thought it would be like a traditional publishing path you, you gave it to ingram spark and they would happily distribute it over to Bertrams and Gardeners, quickly found out that it wasn't as simple as that. And um, <laughs> so that's when I took on most of the marketing because I've got saddleries around here as well with, you know, with horse interests that have taken on the book. So it's not just bookshops. And um, I just thought it's, if they know who I am, if they can actually see me and talk to me, it's just going to be so much easier. And I also manually contacted all the libraries that I could think of as well. 
<laughs> and got them to have a, a copy. But uh, to be fair, I don't think I've sold many copies through bookshops. I think it's just mainly been through my own marketing campaigns. Um, the, the, the pricing on Ingram Spark also surprised me because I don't know whether you've been through this. When, when you're putting your prices in, in pounds and then after you've given the 55% discount and everything that you need to do, you see what tiny little bit of profit you get yeah. there, which is about 10 pence a book or something like that. <laughs> It, it's amazing, isn't it? It was a real eye-opener for me. Yeah, that. no, you don't make much through Ingram Spark, but that's another reason why I used um, Kindle Amazon, because uh, if you upload through Ingram Spark, they kind of get your, your profits and you, you don't really make as much, whereas if you publish manually through Amazon Kindle, you get actually quite a bit more because they don't, they don't take a massive percentage like Ingram Spark do. So I've, I've made more through Amazon than I have through Ingram. When you take your books to the Gymkhanas, are you ordering them then yourself yes. from Ingram Spark? So you're, you're getting the commission, you're getting the kickback yes. because you're ordering from yourself. Yes. You know they're not going to be returned. So, <laughs> so, the, so the profit you set on them, at least you get. Yeah. Plus, um, so that, that works for you. And, that's, and then you price them at whatever you need to price them at. Yeah, because uh, I bought, um, I think, 30 for my last one, because I knew it wasn't going to be a massive event. I mean, I still sold out, which was which was incredible. I didn't expect to. But if I did have any, you know, to bring home, I have people that contact me quite regularly through my author page on Facebook asking me to send them a copy, a signed copy, and I can get rid of my stock at home doing that. So the stock won't last very long, whether it's at home or <laughs> at the fair, because <laughs> people are, are contacting me anyway. Well, that's fantastic. What, what about, um, I want to ask about illustrations too, yeah. because um, most of mine, well, mine are just text and that's easy, but illustrations have different problems. You've got things like DPIs yes. and, and, and awful things like that that terrify somebody like me who's not very artistic. So talk me through how you manage the, the image process with this. Well, it was um, trial and error to start with, because at first I just thought, oh, I'll just scan them. That'll be easy. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so I scanned, I scanned them all onto the PC and I was trying to um, amend them uh, on the PC and uh, I actually joined um, an author, a few author clubs on Facebook as well I've learned quite a lot from those so I recommend uh, for other authors to, to check out critique groups on Facebook and there is a writers club as well and you can just ask them anything and loads of them will have either been there done that or they will have some fantastic advice for you and I was really stuck trying to um, Photoshop, well, not Photoshop, but, uh, you know, sketch these images so that they would fit an A4 page. Mm. I was like, oh, it's going to take me forever. And in the end, I just asked for help. And they were like, oh, you don't do that until you upload anyway. I'm like, oh. She says, yeah, yeah, if you go through Smashwords, you can just uh, scan your picture, and they have tools in the Smashword bar. And I was like, ah, oh, sweet. So uh, I went into through the smash words so unbelievably easy you just put the image on the paper and it was a bit like clip art if anyone remembers clip art mm. and you just either shrank your image down or enlarged your image turned it the way that you wanted it you could alter the colors the brightness the whatever to make it stand out on your page put the page number at the bottom and that was it sorted so easy well that's a tip worth knowing i want to ask you about smash words it's interesting because when i was researching 
how to get my book on the other channels um, beyond Kindle, all the reading that I was doing was saying use Draft the Digital, don't use Smashwords. Right. And so I, I went for Draft the Digital. I, I love it. And, um, and so I've stuck with Draft the Digital. Right. But I was having a look. I was doing some training videos the other day and looking at Smashwords. Like, you know, I really ought to have a look at this again. Um, and you sound like you've had a really good experience with it. Yeah, it was quite easy. But I, before I published, I took a, a few courses through um, Udemy.com. And I had no clue what I was doing. So I took about three or four courses. There was one for marketing. Um, there was one for actually building an ebook, And um, they actually showed you how to build on each one, so for example, if you wanted Smashwords or wanted to try them, they took you through the entire process um, so you could watch step by step on how to use Smashwords. And then they did the same for Kobo and Amazon and the other one that I can't remember. But they, they all had a step by step guide on how to use each one. So you don't have to publish on just one of them. If you wanted to, you could publish on all of them. It was, Smashwords was the quickest, definitely. Um, but again, they have step-by-step guides as you're doing it, as well as, you know, you don't have to take a, a course to learn the step-by-step thing. It does actually have an instruction manual on the side of the bar, toolbar. Um, but the distri- distribution areas, you, you can just put them onto a, a website. They have like a, a link. And all you do is, is you click uploads and select the links that you want, and they'll just distribute out to those links. It's mainly the ebook that I use those for, to be fair. Um, but like I say, those were quite easy. Do you know if you're making sales abroad at the moment? I'm doing quite well in the US. Wow. Yeah. That's how I've made a couple of friends over there. Um, I've actually been offered a job as a ghostwriter, which I'm a bit... <laughs> I don't know how to, what to say to that, because they're like, oh, do you write mysteries? And I'm like, well, I just finished one of them. And they're like, oh, can we read it? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> In the end, after a bit of um, chatting, they're actually really, really good company. So I, I sent them my, um, well, not all of it, but a, a part of my my new book because it's a different, it's completely different to Dublin and Friends, and I didn't know if it was any good. And they liked it that much; they've offered me a job. So now I'm a bit like, hmm. <laughs> wow. So I'm a, I'm a bit, yeah. So I've got quite a large audience in the US, um, but again, that's mainly through the uh, Facebook uh, writers clubs. Because if they're interested enough in what you're saying and, and they know that you're experienced, they'll look you up. And a few of them have been kind enough to uh, buy it and leave me a review on the American Amazon, Amazon.com. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a little, little audience in the U.S. Fabulous. Very nice, isn't it, too? <laughs> when it went over there, I was like, well, I did have one, like, the only invoice I've had, if you can call it an invoice or receipt, I suppose, from Bertrams and Gardeners was a, a chap in Tennessee that bought 50 copies. And I was like, ah, that's America. <laughs> that's brilliant. So, but that's the only like communication I've had from them in a year. Well, that's still one. That's still wonderful it's though. Is one. It, yeah. That's true. Congratulations. That's brilliant. But yeah. That was my first one in, in, and it was just like, that's in the States. That's in the States. <laughs> Why would anyone buy it here? <laughs> <laughs> I want to refer back to something you said earlier. You mentioned that you got the books into the into libraries, into local libraries. Yes, I did. Um, now, just talk me through that. Do they need they need the ISBN presumably for that? The Nielsen ISBN for that. Yes. Well, and, all I all I managed to do was um, I gave them my ISBN number and I gave them my registration number for um, uh, for that site, and they were just happy to take it. The first one I tried was Lincoln because I thought it's local. Um, it's only you know a few minutes away. 
and I just rang them up on the off chance. And I was like, I'm a new author. I've brought out this book. It's, it's very nice. It's got lovely pictures inside. It's for children. Um, how would I go about putting it inside the libraries? And they very kindly transferred me over to a lovely woman who said, just send me a copy. I'll have a look at it. And I was like, okay. So I posted one over, and then she emailed me back saying, what a lovely, lovely book. I would be happy to stock it in the library. And because she recommended it, I then had an email from York and one from, I can't remember where the second one was from, uh, another city anyway. It's the, the central libraries that have been in contact rather than the, the tiny ones. And um, so then because they got in touch, I was like, oh, it must be good. So then I started contacting, I made a list of all the <laughs> central libraries. I googled the central libraries and I started contacting each one. And uh, they've all got a copy. <laughs> That's brilliant. You must be finding this all very exciting. It's wonderful, isn't it? Well, I was certainly shocked at how popular it got, how fast. It really did snowball. And now I'm at the point where I've got an offer to go around schools and an offer to join a team in America. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm just a little housewife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're much more than that because you're doing a, you're doing a great job. And, and the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I think um, anybody can learn so much from the way you're marketing this. I think there's often a feeling that you've got to be you've got to have expensive websites and okay. be all over the web and things. And I just think at, at a ground level, you've done a brilliant job. And look at the response you're getting from around the world too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I confess I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> I never have. And so the idea of publishing was um, quite scary with the costs and everything. But now that I've done my research, I know that there are a lot of publishers out there that won't charge. They'll accept your submissions. They'll take a long time to get back to you. And then they'll offer you a literary agent. And then you'll just send your your copy to them and, and start getting royalties back without paying anything. So I wish really wish I'd done my research on publishers. <laughs> Do you aspire to be traditionally published still? Yeah, I have been offered one, but like I say, I'm still pondering it. Because Dublin and Friends was, was a bit too close to my heart to self-publish anyway. But this, um, sorry, to traditional publish. Um, but the one that I mentioned that I've sent off, the mystery adventure one that I've just finished, has 20 chapters, has no illustrations. It's just literally an adventure story. Um, that one, I've had huge amounts of feedback on that and practically been forced to self, uh, traditional publish that one because they really do think that it's got a lot of potential. And they, they reckon that they can reach a higher market if it is traditionally published rather than through me. Yes, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So you're really getting some momentum going now. Do you feel the pressure now to be sitting there doing something every day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the minute, I'm a bit, um, I don't know, I've got itchy feet, I suppose, because I'm getting ready to publish the second in the series of Dublin and Friends. I've got all my illustrations ready, and I'm just waiting for my editor to finish the last story, and then I'll be ready to publish. But because she's got all my material, I've got nothing to do <laughs> mm. at this moment in time. And I finished that um, mystery book about a month ago, and I was so intent on writing it, I had to get it down out of my head, so I had nightmares for quite a long time because I needed, to, <laughs> I needed to get it all down. And my, my son only goes to school in the morning, so I had literally three hours to get as much down as I could. 
in the end, I finished it. And now I kind of feel like I should be doing something because I want to publish, but I can't. <laughs> mm. Well, you've got so much momentum going. You've got a ready-made audience waiting, I'm guessing. Yeah, they are eagerly. This is a little bit of pressure, actually, because I've got a, a launch event in July, and I haven't even published it yet. <laughs> oh, oh yes. I know. Everyone's like, oh, can you, if, when you are published, can you, can you do a workshop in the summer holidays and launch your book? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I haven't even done yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of they know that I haven't published yet I want to just ask you about how you go through the editing and proofreading process with your books because you mentioned earlier that you nearly got caught with a few mistakes when yep. you were uploading to Kindle what what do you do about that now well I I learned a very harsh lesson in my last one because I had a horrific amount of typos in the first one that I said but because I, like I mentioned before I had someone helping me he accidentally uploaded the unedited version <gasps> rather than my current one. And so the edited unedited version was on Amazon for about a week before I realized. So I do have a couple of reviews on there that said, very lovely story, just a shame about the typos. Oh, no. So I took it all down and I redid it myself. Now, that I, there are still a couple in there because I had literally two days to sort it out and have it relaunched before I lost my place on Kindle. So... Um, before I lost my uh, my promotion dates, rather. So I took it down, and I edited it myself, and put it back up. Now, anyone that has uh, written anything will notice a couple of mistakes, but um, I've been assured that kids won't notice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this time, to prevent anything like that happening again, I have not only done a course myself, but I've also hired a proofreader just to go over everything two or three times just to make sure that neither of us have missed anything and so far she's been fantastic and um i can highly recommend alison ashworth to uh, anyone who would like to uh, have a proofreader i i also i have a proofreader but i also use something here's a little tip for you i use something called grammarly have you heard of grammarly no i haven't actually it's it's a wonderful little tool if you ever want to have that supreme confidence that what you're launching doesn't have any spelling errors in it it's wonderful and you could use it for free as well but it's grammar as in the word grammar um uh, with an ly at the end grammarly.com do check it out oh, because cool. um it saved my you know saved my uh hide on a couple of occasions now <laughs> grammarly uh, <laughs> and and it just gives me that confidence i always even if it's been through a proofreader i always give it a last run through yeah. with grammar that's a really good tip actually i might actually do that because with my previous experiences i'm slightly paranoid about it uh, happening again <laughs> i think however many times you look at it there's always always one in there and i th- but this is to be fair uh, this is the same with uh, professionally produced books yes. uh, you know they have they have errors too and you often spot one or two uh it's just uh humans we're fallible unfortunately aren't yeah we? that's it i was incredibly thrilled to find uh, three in the last stephen king novel i read i was yeah. like oh even even he does it <laughs> <laughs> but you get like that don't yeah. you that- <laughs> well, you, you've got a tremendous amount going on I, I really want to congratulate you on the, the progress you've made I just think it's I think it's amazing and there's so much we could learn from what you've done Thank you. what what's next what's penciled in the diary next what's the next plan oh, goodness me um well like I say I'm half I'm, as soon as uh, the lovely Alison has finished my um my last book because she's literally on the last story right now as soon as she's done that I'll be editing away and then i'll be ready to publish through um 
some new tools as well, actually, that I'm, I'm going to look into. And um, after that, it will literally just be the, the start of the, the shows again. <laughs> so I'll be back out there with me uh, with my new book, with my new title, which they're all waiting for. And I'll be back out at my, my shows. And if this school thing um, does start, then that'll be starting in September. So I'm going to have a very, very busy year by the look of it. So even if I did want to self-publish this mystery novel, I don't think I'll have time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, re- it's really exciting. Where, where can we find you online, Nina? Um, the biggest one at the moment is uh, obviously Facebook. So if you put in the link www.facebook.com forward slash Nina Liz Ratcliffe, that will send you straight to my business page. I've got quite a lot of posts up there. I'm also on Twitter. You just put my name in there. That's really easy. Uh, and also my um, link to my book is, is Dublin and Friends at Amazon.co.uk or Amazon.com, depending on wherever you're from. And those are my main markets at the minute. I'm do hoping later on, when I, I do have a bit more money behind me, <laughs> to build a website. Um but I'm in no rush for that because I'm, like I said, I'm doing quite well with the Facebook one. But that is my main audience line at the moment. Well, look, congratulations for everything you've done so far. It's a wonderful story. I do wish you every success when you release the new books. It's going brilliantly. And thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me to. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's Self-Publishing Journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.